Every life tells a story, and through that life, an even greater story is being told. Today, we're going to talk to George Needhammer. He's one of many voices of faith. Voices of Faith. I'm your host, Mark Matsky, and it's my pleasure today to have with me George Needhammer, who's a member of Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Zanesville, Ohio, someone I've gotten the pleasure of knowing over the last four years or so. And George, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. Uh, let me say that uh, this is my cradle church. Yes. I was born into this congregation. My parents immigrated to this country. Uh, the, uh, m- uh, my mother's uh, family attended this church, and I grew up in the church, and, uh, and I'm talking now in the 40s. We never broke bread, but what we said, grace. Uh, until I was a pretty good-sized kid, my mother and father heard my prayers every evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was blessed in that I'd had uh, a mother and father that would have walked through broken glass for many miles for their children. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I can describe it. And, uh, and my father was an old-world craftsman. Uh, with his trade and everything like that. He had skills. He knew how to work, work tools. He built beauty for furniture. Uh, for, for folks here in Zanesville, he had his uh, people that always dealt with him. He was a, 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 a real craftsman and artist. Uh, craft and art and standard is going by the way in our country. I mean, that's, that's disappearing. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, uh, and like I say, I asked my sister the other time what our situation was. She's 87 now, and she says, Well, George, really? We were just living like everybody else in that time. Well, uh, no better or no worse. We had, they could buy the groceries, they could buy the coal for the coal pile, they could do this, they could do that. So we were just, we fit in there. And I learned frugality from my mother. My mother got a dime's worth of value out of every nickel my father was able to bring mm-hmm. in the house. Yeah. A lady came and visited once, a lady from the congregation there, and, and my mother just went on her chores, and she was visiting. She says, Maria. That was a dialect for my mother's name was Maria, but in the, the southern Germans it's Maria. Mm-hmm. Maria, do you have a newspaper? A newspaper? She says, yes. She says, I want to lay your potato peelings on my 
on a newspaper and read through them. <laughs> she says, nobody takes potato skins off as fine as you do. <laughs> and, so, and like that. And also, right. the holidays, we, we look forward to it. It was uh, 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 the, the church calendar and everything like that. And also, we were kind of insular. We stayed amongst ourselves. People did that in those days and days. We, we had our neighborhood. We had our church. We didn't venture out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we didn't have transportation. But that's pretty much it. But but I, I see now is that I was blessed in that I had a Christian mother and a Christian father. And then later years, I worked for many years in a supermarket. And I was a young kid when I started. And I left there. I was a senior guy. Mm-hmm. And I got to know a lot of kids. And when I seen the people that didn't have what we had at home, and I, and they might have had a nice car or something like that, you know, of, of material things, uh, they might have had certain advantages, but their poor home life and their their they didn't have the love of a mother and father. And I know now that I... I was so much blessed, and I was in unmeasurable, not in gold and silver, I was so much richer than they. And I tried to be a mentor some, to some young men and women. And uh, I tried to tell them that they are great. Mm-hmm. And you can be who you want to be. And, and don't be destroyed by yesterday's mistakes because some of them con- confidence. Uh, I mentored them. Don't let yourself be destroyed by yesterday's mistake. Don't be changed in error. Jesus loves you. He sacrificed for you. God Almighty looks over you. And tomorrow is a new day. You make yourself, you can put everything behind you and walk into a new day. We come forth as you, well, no pastor, we're a new man every day. Yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting that you and I have that in common, that we came from Christian homes with sincere Christian parents. And you go through sort of a learning curve when you get out there into the world and you see that there are people who don't have that. And it it begins to help you understand why people do some of the things that they do if they did not have the blessing of that foundation. Now, George, did you go through a confirmation process here? Oh, at absolutely. Trinity? Tell us a little bit about that. If okay, you now this was, this was uh, I'd like to say because I'm 75, this was when we had real confirmation, Pastor. <laughs> uh, it was known then as Saturday school, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Christian school, and we came here every Saturday. It was from 8 to noon. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, first we came in there, and then. All was downstairs. We had a parish hall upstairs and downstairs, a big old building. It's no longer here. It used to be a schoolhouse. We had our own school here in this, at one time for, for many years. And when I was a young man, yet there was a lot of old folks around. And went to, that's the only school they ever had. Mm-hmm. That's the only schooling. So then uh, we'd go upstairs and uh, have catechism, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, what pastor wanted to instruct us on that week, and of course the catechism, and he marked out in our catechism what we were supposed to study. And this is, of course, the tried and true by rote. Yes. You, uh, 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 you learn that. Also, 
Uh, then uh, he was up there for two hours. Then we came down and we had a recess and we came in from recess. And then the boys went upstairs. I mean, boys stayed downstairs and had, uh, and the girls went upstairs for the, we was taught separate. Mm -hmm. And then we'd have a, uh, him singing with Miss, don't lose the Miss, Miss Ethel Blankenbuehler, who was born before her time, because if she was alive today, she'd be the first three-star general in the ladies' Marines. <laughs> uh, and that was an experience that people were poor for not having it. Mm -hmm. And we'd study hymns. And I wasn't the best guy for memorizing, and but I paid attention for the simple reason. Oh, when we started out, she'd come around and we had to stand up. We had to stand up. And you had to be able to breathe, you know, like that. And stand right. up straight and, and posture and everything like that. And she always could go like this. And she'd demonstrate. She'd go like this. Uh. Popping two fingers in your mouth and say, open your mouth. If you're singing, you got to have, it's got to come out. So you better be able to open your mouth for two fingers <laughs> to go in there. Uh, so you were, you were learning vocal technique also. Oh, boy, you better <laughs> believe it. And let me tell you, I had, I had my mouth open for two fingers because I've highly respected Miss Blankenville yes. and I didn't want her two fingers in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, oh, and then when you, uh, then we went home. And also, but on Friday evening, Friday evening, after the dishes was washed and everything like that, I was the, the last child and my brother and sisters off at high school and stuff like that, all right, so they had other things. So I was usually one at home in the evening. And after that, all the chores was done in the evening. I said, anything else you want me to do, Mother, or anything like that, you know? Uh, the coal buckets was already in because I did that in the daylight mm -hmm. and everything. And she dismissed me, and then I go in there and then uh, library tables. That's something we, uh, that don't fit in most homes today. You've seen them. Wooden library table. Well, there sat the library table when I come in there and two straight back chairs and across from us a lamp. And the catechism was open. And I would sit down and my father would see where Pastor Paul had made the mark for the, you know, for it was from week, from week, of week. And he'd read it through and uh, announced all the world. And then I had to. And then I had to read it through and read it through and read it through. And then he put his hand over it and let me try a little bit like that. But mm -hmm. then you, till I had it down so I could give it back to him. And incidentally, uh, my uh, parents, uh, my father came from Bavaria, which is a very Catholic state. And my mother is the next state over was from Württemberg, which is a Lutheran state. Mm -hmm. And my father was Catholic. He went to parochial school. And uh, so my Catholic father was teaching me the Lutheran Catechism and explaining everything on that. And so uh, that's how I learned my Catechism. And yes. then also, not to forget, uh, uh, Miss Griner, Naomi Arnold, uh, Carl Schmidt, saints now victorious. Yes. We didn't have the building we had now. We just, and so different places through our, our, we're in the sanctuary here, folks. Different places 
through the sanctuary. That would be this class, that would be this class, and that would be this class. Mm -hmm. And I can still remember them teaching us, teaching us. And I love those. I see them once in a while. Now, there's little pictures. They are, uh, pictures are worth a thousand worlds. Uh, mm -hmm. Abraham with the, and, and this like that went along with the Old Testament stories. Uh, those were uh, wonderful little aids that we had years ago. And I, I see them some around the sales in boxes. And, uh, and I just think what a, a treasure they were to kids mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And remain so. Yes. Definitely. But I mean, I, I still hear those, I can still hear those Sunday school teachers. Uh, and they, they was prepared, they had their lessons. And I, I, I've known a, a good many Sunday school teachers over the years. And in my sister's congregation in a little town in Baltica High, St. John's Lutheran, I can still remember when I was going there in the adult class, mm -hmm. and August Schlegel, into his 90s, he taught the adult class. And he was prepared, and he had his lesson, and they'd go through. And, and uh, I'm so enriched by their gifts. Yes. Yes, indeed. In the Lutheran Church, in our confirmation vows, we make some, bitty, some, some pretty big promises. Yes. Whether folks are realizing it or not, we ask our confirmation students to stand up and to say, among other things, you know, in addition to confessing the historic Christian faith, we ask them, do you intend to remain steadfast in this church and confession even to the point of death rather than fall away from it? And that's a big thing to say. You are somebody who has made good on those vows. And I'm just wondering for our listening audience, how were you able to remain faithful to those vows that you made uh, as a confirmation student? Well, I, uh, I worked in different places in Ohio. And uh, I brought this with me, Pastor. Okay. To George Needhammer, on the day of your confirmation, June 1st, 1952, from your pastor, Walter A. Pohl. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm a reader. Uh, I, uh, I got up to uh, uh, my King James Bible, which I read, and, and uh, I got the good copies and uh, with uh, concordance and everything like mm -hmm. that. But uh, from these teachers and those, and those preachers, uh, this is uh, my little uh, Lutheran book of prayer. Yeah. Uh, all these years, all the moving, all that stuff from home, which is wherever it is now, I don't know. But mm -hmm. that I was able to keep this with me. Uh, Pastor, this one means a lot to me. It's for Friday, mm -hmm. Friday morning. And this pretty well sums it up. O Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, on this memorial day of thy death, I give thanks that thou hast redeemed me, lost and condemned creature, 
Purchase and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, to being thine own in time and eternity. Create in me that true thankfulness, which will never forget the love wherewith thou hast loved us, and which has caused thee to give thyself unto death for us and for our salvation. Give me that boldness, and we're encouraged in the New Testament, to not be afraid. Give me that boldness, which, and never failing courage of faith, which cannot but speak the things I have seen and heard. And there's, what are we supposed to do? In our feeble little ways. Open thou my lips, that out of the abundance of a heart which knows thee, I may speak to others of thy matchless love. This is something we all get to be. Young men, young women, old men, old women, children. Thy personal messenger to my fellow man. Give me a heart willing to support the work of missions carried on by the church and to sacrifice gladly of my, of my time and money in every country, city, hamlet throughout the world. Thy praise be sung as the lamb that was slain and has redeemed us to God by his blood. Amen. And I just call them they're my daily walking papers. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you are a reader, and I know that to be quite true. In addition to your book of prayer and Holy Scripture, of course, what are some other resources that have been of uh, special benefit to you in your walk with God? Well, uh, I like to, there's, there's, I, I, I collect old hymnals. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, these are wonderful little, uh, hymns are wonderful little sermons. As uh, you know, as Dr. Lutheran's uh, hymns that are uh, scriptural based and scripturally sound. We insist on that. Mm -hmm. And at different times through history, we get some of the greatest hymns of faith out of the terrible times. Yes. The Hundred Years' War, the Forty Years' War, the, what was the, all through the uh, wars of the Reformation. Uh, and all the politics that was going along with it, uh, and all the suffering of the people, and the, these great hymns, and the, like, uh, and out of the depths of the agony of tortured souls, we get hymns like, uh, uh, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. Uh, when the, the fellow... Uh, Mr. Bliss lost his three uh, daughters, mm -hmm. and she, he finally gets a telegram, safe, alone, and he, and he writes. Yes. Uh, and his, now, now think we all our God has a story like that as yes. well. And you're right. Um, Lord, keep us steadfast in, in thy word. word. No and, doubt about it. And, and uh, also, I like to, 
and collecting old hymnals I like to turn to. Comfort in the Cross. Mm-hmm. Different headings on there, but one in like that. Right. There's one hymn in there, and it goes on, and it says, Am I weary? Am I tired? Am I sore oppressed? Yes, and it goes on. What all happens to you in this life? But then, then, then at the end, there's a saints, prophets, answer, yes. Mm-hmm. It is worth it. Yes. I appreciate you bringing out that element of hymns because hymns and music today has such sort of a disposable quality to it. You know, people say, I love that song or I hate that type of music and so on and so forth. But hymns really are completely different. They are, back at the seminary, they taught us that hymns are sung confessions of faith, first and foremost. And so they have to get Jesus right they have to get what he has done right. And then anything else, you know, that, that's where the art of, the, of hymn writing comes in. But it's a, a whole different way of thinking about song in the Lutheran church, yeah. is that these are teaching us things. These are poetic sermons, as you said. Oh, yes. And they really ought to be treasured in that way, uh, rather than just saying, well, that's a different type of melody, therefore I don't like that hymn. Uh, I, I hope that by the, by the time I'm done doing what I've done, I've, I've at least influenced a couple people to look at hymns in a, a different way than just, I like singing that, or that's one of the old ones, and so we have to sing that one. Um, so I, I'm glad that you, you mentioned well, that. Well, uh, a friend passed away, and they asked me, to, would I say a few words, and I... I had been with her before she passed, and I says, well, I'll just go over the verses that we went with. And I, and I went over from my uh, little book with the occasional things for all situations, you know, and what were appropriate. And then I, uh, and then I, I, I wish, like David, I was a sweet singer, but I'm not. <laughs> but I, I told, uh, then I sung, uh, uh, Abide With Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I told him, I said, don't you listen to my singing, but I'm going to sing the words as best I can. Yes. Listen to the words. Uh, and uh, but when I, I leave this life, I want to abide with me. It sung at my funeral. And uh, I was a, a part-time boy, then journeyman, then meat cutter, then meat man for a supermarket for 36 years. Mm-hmm. And I was in different places in the state. And then when I was in Jackson, Ohio, which is down in, in an Appalachian County, and I had a lot of pastors shop with me, and I used to sing. Uh, slow times and everything, walk around, mm-hmm. I'd be humming hymns and singing because it gives you great comfort and solace. And it was through Christmas there, and I was, was singing a hymn, and the uh, and the pastor from the Disciples of Christ Church there, he had, he, he pastored two churches there. He said, oh, he says, I, I like that too. He says, you know, he says, did you ever read on some of those hymns? I says, yes, I have, pa- uh, Pastor. And he says, did you know that a lot of those hymns, these great hymns we got, Pastor, how could you possibly say that? <laughs> hey, what? I says, their educational level had nothing to do with it. 
I says they were lettered by the Holy Ghost. He says, I stand corrected. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. Well, George, I know that you have done a lot in terms of sharing your faith with people in a variety of situations. What are some of those cases that are the most memorable to you where you've had the opportunity to share your faith in Christ with somebody else? Well, you know that young fellow that was here for a while and he, and he was having lessons and everything? A, a bright young fellow. I, I hope he continues his career. I hope he winds up in the ministry. We're Americans. You know, we, we always won everything with John Wayne, you know. And I was grew up in that area. And mm -hmm. so we're Americans. We're doers. We're supposed to win. We're supposed to achieve something. And that young man said to me like a young man would, I would have said the same thing at his age. Mm -hmm. Well, have you had any success for the gospel? Or in so many words. What, what, I says, uh, okay, I, wanted to, I had this one kid working for me. Uh, diminished capacity. Best worker I ever had. I was very strict. All steps had to be followed. I made the best ground beef in Jackson County. You ask the fellows down there, mm -hmm. they'll tell you. And the ladies, they'll still remember. Yeah. I respect ground beef. It's good. I respect ground check. I respect the, why I'm talking standards and principles. Okay. And he would do it just the way I told him to do it. And uh, he was an army brat. He was raised up uh, sergeant. You know, and base to base, base to base, and mm -hmm. he grew like that. And this kid had a very good heart. Didn't have a clue about the church or God or Jesus or anything like that. It was a mystery to him. fact is, one of my cutters was uh, trying to uh, get him to go to a charismatic uh, uh, gathering there that he was in at that time. But I would, I would talk to him, and uh, he, I understand. Oh, I'm going to call him Bubba. Okay. Guy. Uh, Bubba, I, I explained to him. I says, Do you, uh, have you ever been to church? He says, no, no, he, they didn't go to church. Oh, they'd been to church before on the basis and stuff, but no, he never wasn't raised in the church. And, and I says, well, you know, I says, it's for you too. And... Uh, he had uh, angered my cutter by saying, oh, leave me alone, you Jesus freak. <laughs> Pop, you know, like kids will talk. Right. Well, that angered him. I said, don't let that throw you, Mr. A. Don't throw that. That, that. That's He doesn't know any better. Well, he says, shouldn't be talking like that. I says, I know it, but he's just speaking out of the abundance of his ignorance. And I witnessed to him, and I set him down out in front of the store on a curb and explained the... the uh, the Lord's Prayer to him. And I says, I want you to know that because that is yours, it belongs to you, and you have a right like any other man and woman to pray that prayer, and you are a child of God. And I, of course, I'm, I stay to the brand, you know. I'm, I'm trying to get him to go to the Lutheran church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm making no excuses. Yeah. Uh, but I witnessed to him and witnessed to him, and then... He left, and 
was gone. And uh, a couple years later, uh, I get a tele. Uh, uh, I sometimes get long distance from the main office and everything, uh, and stuff that you need to know and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, and when I was an important call, you know, all calls when you're a businessman are important. But when it was from Columbus and you really had a long distance. Uh, uh, at that time, the uh, office girl would say, Mr. Needhammer, long distance. That will help me. Excuse me, folks, I'll be right back. Right. And uh, I get in there, and I, I lift up the phone. And I says, hello, hello. And he says, George, George, is that you? I says, hello, Bubba, how are you? He says, George, he says, Mother died 12 minutes ago. I was just, oh, Bubba, if I could only be with you. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry. He says, no, George. He says, it was all right. You had to know Bubba to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. He said, the Lutheran pastor was holding one hand. Her doctor was holding the other hand, and I was hugging her, and George, it was all right. I don't know what influence I had in that, but I, I hope I, he knew whom and whom he could trust. Yes. So uh, I count that as a success. Uh, that I was able to be there for him and that he took something away. So if we need in this country, that would be my claim. But uh, I don't worry about any of that because we're told we don't have to worry about that. We just have to touch, reach people and and uh, and give the word. Uh, 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 it, uh, the gospel is never wasted. It may not be accepted, or it may linger in a, in the mind's ear for a long time. Uh, and at some time, if we've learned nothing more than little children that Jesus loves me, 40 years from now in some terrible situation, if comes to them, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so, that, Pastor, is success. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I thank you for sharing that story because I know how much that relationship has meant to you over time. One last thing I'd like to ask you today, and that is, as you look at your life from where you sit right now, what do you sense that the Lord God Almighty is doing for you today. How is he at work in your life right this minute? Well, right now, I have three beloved 86-year-old relatives that are a breath away from God. And I know that shortly, they're going to be gone. I may be gone before them. But I know where they're gone, and I have people that were 
I know that if I leave here today, that there's going to be a great getting up morning. And what a joyous morning that will be. And uh, we don't always get everything done, but just do the best you can. Reach those that fall before your path. And, uh, and, and always reach out with the gospel. Reach out to people we like. Reach out to people we don't like. Reach out to the scoffers. Mm-hmm. You don't know where your or, words are going to light. And you don't know where they're going to incubate. And that's our job. Yes. Yes. I take great comfort from that verse uh, that says the word of God. He's speaking. says, my word does not return to me void, but always accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. Absolutely. And sometimes we have no idea about no. what that purpose happens to be in no. a particular situation. It's just our privilege to have this little part to play in helping that word go out and be heard. In my prayers, this is personal, Pastor, but in my prayers, I pray for my big bear children that for a while were my children, my boys and my girls. I pray for my customers. I pray for my associates. I pray for my our drivers and their families. They were a big part of my life. They're still a big part of my life. I haven't seen them. Uh, I realize now that it'll be months before folks will know when I'm gone. So they won't be at my funeral, but they'll. But if they smile, sometimes and say, "You know, he passed." Oh, and if they smile, then I'll be happy. Oh,